Our scripture reading comes to us from the third chapter of the first letter of John, verses 11 through 24. Hear now the word of the Lord. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit that he has given us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Every single morning when I first wake up, first begin to kind of get the cobwebs out of my head and start to really kind of get conscious and aware of the new day. Before I get out of bed, before I do anything, before I even move, the very first thing that I do is I pray. And I realize this sounds like a preacher story, but I've told y'all I don't know how many times now I don't tell preacher stories. This is exactly what I do. I pray. And my first thought is thank you, God, for the gift of another day. Thank you for grace that has brought me through thus far. And I'm trusting where your grace is leading this day. I ask God what awesome, amazing thing God is going to do this day. That he's going to let me be a witness to or be a part of. And I pray that I, I don't mess it up. And then I pray that God help me to love every person that I come into contact with, with your love and grace so that they know that they are loved by you. And after I make that prayer, I get up, I wake up Robin, wake up Benjamin, make sure they're getting ready for the school day. And then I take them to school. And then I get in the car rider line. And once I get in the car rider line, can't say that I love the way I have been loved. <laughs> and usually, after I get through with the car rider line, I'm repenting. <laughs> and I'm telling God, we'll try again tomorrow. 
Now, to be certain, there's two different schools because my kids go to two different schools, which is another fun little thing that we've adjusted to because one of them's not here and the other one's there. One of them's here and the other one's over there. And, and I don't want, because we live stream, I don't want to call anybody out. Uh, one school has a car rider line that is just, there you go. I mean, it is good. The other one is kind of like leaving a rock concert where everybody is leaving at the exact same time and you would swear half of them are drunk uh, because the little lines on the road are there for suggestions undoubtedly because nobody goes by them. Again, I'm not going to say which one, but I will say there is a vacuum cleaner company that has the same name. <laughs> it does. Life gets in the way. Is there anyone, I'm going to ask a similar question to what I asked last week. Last week when we talked about that God is love, that God's very nature is love, that, that God loves us, that God loves the world, that God's very self is love. And I started by asking you, does, 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 does anybody know that we shouldn't sin and, and that we should abide in the love of God? And we laughed and we all said, we got it. Well, I'm going to ask you again, is, is this news to anybody that we are called to love one another? Is this something you have never heard before? that you have shown up this morning and you go, wait a second, I thought I was only supposed to love those who love me. No, okay, so we've heard this before, right? This is something that is repeated throughout the New Testament. It is recorded in Jesus' sermons. It is taught about and preached about by the apostles. It is found literally in every book of the New Testament. Somewhere, somehow, some phrasing of it is we are called to love each other, that we are called to love our neighbors, that we are called to love the world. And we get this, and we make really cute little Facebook memes about it. Usually right after or right before we post another meme where we talk about how dumb a person or a group is. The problem is, is that when we talk about loving our brothers and sisters, loving the world, we tend to reduce it to that same thing like what we talked about last week. This emotional, everybody just play nice and be polite. And what John is talking about is something that Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote a book on. And the title of Diedrich Bonhoeffer's book is a phrase I want to borrow for today. Life together. What first John is telling us about is that we are not called to simply be friends with one another or acquaintances or to shake hands and say hey to each other when we pass each other in the hallway or when we see each other at the Piggly Wiggly or at the Walmart or at the football game or wherever it is that we go. That we as the body of Christ are called to do life together. All of life together. Every aspect of life together. Now, I have a question for folks in, in the church family this morning who are married any length of time. Have you ever had a disagreement with your spouse? I know, please, we're not testifying, okay? Nobody raise your hand. Nobody start sharing, okay? Because I don't want to cause a disagreement with your spouse in worship. But have you ever had a disagreement with your spouse? 
Have you ever had a moment where you have woke up in the morning and you have looked over at your spouse and felt overcome with love and admiration and you have prayed to God, God, I do not know what I, what I have done to deserve this. Or have you ever woke up in the morning, looked over at your spouse, were overwhelmed with another feeling? And your question to God was, God, what did I ever do to deserve this? If you have lived together for any length of time, either you have had a fight with your spouse or you're lying in the name of the Lord this morning. Because it is so common, if you had, did not notice this, in the declaration of intention, in the celebration of Christian marriage, we stick it in there. We say, do you, do you realize you're here to get married this day? To love, honor, and cherish for better or for worse. Why do you think that's talking about? Well, if someone gets sick, no, we have that one covered in a different proviso. In sickness and in health. Well, no, I'm just talking about what happens. No, we got that one covered too, forsaking all others. It's stuck there right at the beginning, for better or for worse. Because if you do life together with someone, genuine life with someone, where you are there for every up and every down, there are some days they make you laugh, and there are some days we are glad that murder is a capital offense because that's what runs through our head. You could pinch their heads off. Don't lie. But we still love. That's what John's talking about and calling us to be about as followers of Jesus Christ. It is easy to love people when they are acting loving. But do we love each other enough to be with each other on our worst days. We tend to judge ourselves by our intentions. Have you ever noticed this? We hold ourselves accountable to our intentions. Well, I meant to do something and I was prevented from doing it. Uh, it was not my intention to say something hurtful or harmful. It was not my intention to ignore you. It was not my intention to walk away. Have you ever noticed that? We use that word intention an awful lot because we judge ourselves according to our intentions, but yet we judge everybody else by the actions that they do to us. I guarantee you, when someone walked past you, the last time someone walked past you and you said hello and they kept walking, your first thought was not, oh God bless them, I bet they've got a lot on their mind. Your first thought was, oh, well, I never, didn't you? Sorry, didn't you? I do the same thing. We're all human beings. We tend to judge ourselves by our intentions, but we tend to judge everybody else by their actions and our interactions with them. We never stop to think, what was another conversation that they had before the one that we had? What's going on in their lives? Are they hurting? Are they broken? Did they just get devastating news? Did they just get off the phone with their spouse and found out that the laundry has been sitting in the washing machine for three days? 
and not move to the dryer because, yes, I undoubtedly am incapable of walking by the, laundry, the washing machine and looking in it. See, we never know what someone else is facing in a day. We have no clue the weeks that we have had that we are walking in from on this day. Some of us are walking in from weeks that were absolutely just fantabulous. We got an attaboy or an girl at work. We found out we got that promotion. Our kids have wonderful grades at midterms. Everything's going well with our families. Or we just got back from a vacation or a trip or getting to spend an evening with some dear friends. I mean, it has been wonderful. And for everyone who has had a good week, I guarantee you there is someone sitting no more than a pew length away from you that this week has been a struggle. They're learning to live after the loss of a loved one. They just got a really bad medical diagnosis or someone in their family did. Or no matter what they did at work this week, they couldn't catch a break. It seemed like it was always wrong. They were always getting their hiney chewed about something. Or they found out their kids, one of their kids doesn't have really good grades because they're not turning in their homework. Or one of their children has gone wayward. Or there's a relationship where the bad days seem to outnumber the good and they're really wrestling with what the next steps are. And as we gather in this place this morning, we have become so conditioned in polite society by the world that when one of our brothers and sisters asks us, how are we doing? What is our response? I'm fine. And we never stop to consider what they've experienced before that interaction we had with them or after that interaction we had with them. You see the difference between being polite and friendly and doing life together? We're not called to simply be an organization of religious believers that exist for the betterment of other people in the world. I don't mean that ugly, but you realize there are a ton of community social justice groups that do that every single day. We exist to be the body of Christ into the world in the name of Jesus Christ, to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to visit the sick, to reach out beyond the doors of our congregation to the world in the name of Jesus Christ, to show somebody else the love and grace of God and to let them know that they are loved by God. And you know what? That includes ourselves too. The church should be the one place that you come where you don't have to pretend like you have it all together. Your family of God should be the one group of people that you should be able to share anything with without fear of judgment or gossip. But yet so often that's exactly what occurs, even within the church. Someone gets upset with you about something, y'all talk it out, but they still run around telling everybody else about it. Or you make a mistake, right? We all can do that, right? 
and someone holds a grudge. Or we hold a grudge against another brother or sister. And we have gotten so comfortable with praying, praying the way Christ taught us to forgive us our trespasses like we forgive those who trespass against us. And it doesn't even enter into our thoughts. And we've become so good at avoiding that we can hear that we are called to love one another and not even realize that we've built a fence around somebody else. See, last week we, talk about, we talked about that God's very nature is love, that who God is, the very stuff that God is made of is love. And it's not this rainbows and butterflies and this emotional feeling. It's an action, it's an attitude, it's a way of living, it's a way of being, it's a way of being created in the grace of God. And since God is love and that's whom we're called to follow, then we are called to love like God loves. The same way we want God to love us is the way we should love other people. It's a commandment, not a suggestion, not a request. It's an order to love one another. Jesus Christ gave it to us when he was sitting with the disciples in that borrowed upper room. It's recorded in the gospel account of St. John. And that expectation is that this is not just a polite, oh, how you doing? Yeah, it's good to see you but to dare to do life with each other and actually live like brothers and sisters in Christ in the family of God. And that's something very different than the way we normally do it. In fact, our love is supposed to be so radical that we are told that the world will know that we are followers of Jesus Christ. How? By our love. In this, the world shall know that you are my disciples in your love. It's much bigger than what we make it. And it's much more challenging. And without the grace of God, it's impossible. Because if we're going to do life together, there's going to be some times that we have misunderstandings with each other. There's going to be some times that we step on each other's toes. There's going to be some times that we just rub each other the wrong way because you're having a really trying day, and I'm me. And so I come up to you, and you want to goose you in the ribs? Not a good time. Or I want to pick on you about why you've got your hands full with stuff, and you've got your hands full with stuff because somebody else dropped the ball with something, and you're trying to take care of their stuff and your stuff and deal with the family, and you got to get somewhere else. And it'll be the same way with me. I know this is a shock. My family's not perfect. It's perfect for me. But there's still some things Melissa could improve on. <laughs> and there may be one or two things that I could do a little differently. There are some times that by the time we get to church, we need Jesus just as much as anybody else does. 
And it's a beautiful thing. It's wonderful when I get to be with someone and they're going through an awesome, amazing day. I love celebrating with people. But it's a humble, received as a gift when someone shares with me their struggles. That's a holy moment where trust in grace becomes alive. Guys, we are the family of God. And I mean that very literally. United through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are called to do life together. To love each other on our best days. And to love each other even more on our worst days. This is the one place you don't have to have it all together. This is the one place where you will enter into without fear of judgment or reprisal, but rather with brothers or sisters in Christ that come beside you. Whether it's been the best day of your life or absolutely the worst or whatever day it is in between those two points on the spectrum. Because dearly beloved, we are loved by God. And in God's love, we will dare to love each other and the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.